you're racing, some people have a tendency to focus on their front bumper instead of looking ahead. And the further you look ahead, I always tell them the more reaction time you have. You don't have reaction time, you better not race because yeah. you're going to be in wrecks all the time. Completely it's, different. It's like, <laughs> it's easy to drive from the stands. It's a whole different oh, world yeah. when you're on the track. And usually I'm pretty good at watching people and I can tell when they're going to get themselves in trouble, yeah. except for you and your brother. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you wanted it, you got it. The place for the untold, real, raw, and juicy stories of dirt track racing. It's Dirt Track Confessions. And now here's your host, Mandy Pouch-Mahaney. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dirt Track Confessions. I am your host, Mandy Pouch-Mahaney, and today we have my father joining us, brought to you by High Demand, might I add. You are High Demand. Really? Yes, everyone wants you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this episode, I kind of wanted to shine some light that not many people might actually know that dad actually ran a his own racing school. How long did you have the Billy Patch Racing School for? Um, started it. Hey, in, don't be chewing on my table. You're already think, starting with me. I think it started in 89. Okay. And we ran up into, I think it was around... 2010 or something mm-hmm. it was it was <laughs> it was quite a while he's hungry yeah i guess so it was uh it was quite a while i did it for quite a while i started out the first the first year doing uh hey you no chew <laughs> he's back it, again uh the first year i did it basically with people with their own cars and stuff and then after a while i offered a car we put a car together actually when I first started, I, I used one of my own cars that I raced with, mm-hmm. and uh, we put like a Tamer motor in it and did that and let the guys drive that, and, and uh, that worked for a while until I had one guy crash it, and I had to clip it from the front cage forward, and Oy. it was a mess, so uh, we ended up buying some uh, some cars and, and making them designated cars for the driving school. I had uh, one or two modifieds and one or two sprints, and... Uh, Oh, we did that for quite a while. It it uh it was it was just a lot of work getting cars ready, mounting tires, and getting cars loaded up. I had a <clears throat> big wedge trailer, and we put three cars on that, and mm-hmm. take one down in the in, uh, race car trailer and stuff. And uh, you know, you had to coordinate a lot of people to do it. Took you know a person in with each car, loading people in and unloading them out. And uh, I just basically tried to watch the people when they were on the track. They come off the track and. Uh, I would talk to him briefly. I couldn't talk to him for a long time because the next person would be out on the track and I'd have to watch them. So mm-hmm. I'd give them a brief summary of what I thought they needed to do to improve their lap times and stuff. And uh, then I'd go on to the next person. And uh, we used to do setup schools here at the shop and talk about setups and driving and everything. You know, it's, it's, it's something that Back in the day, it was I, I just figured it was a lacking deal, you know. There was a lot of people that didn't, you know, wanted to race and didn't know nothing about it, you know, or or the basics. And yeah. uh, that's what I got into with the driving school and stuff. And, uh, you know, I did it, I don't know, I don't know, was that 30 years, 20 years, yeah. 25? Yeah, I don't know. something like that. It was quite Somebody a while. I mean, it, it was tough when you're racing, doing that. We did parts and sold tires and we did a lot of different things, but uh, the driving school, mostly I did that in the spring and the fall. Um, and we did, I don't know, about six classes a year. It wasn't a lot, but each class we'd have like, I think we limited it to 
12 or 15 people. So mm-hmm. it wasn't overcrowded. I give everybody a fair amount of my time to do it. And uh, like I said, I enjoyed it. I, you know, it just was bringing the cars and doing that part of it was just a lot of work. You know, if, you, if I just came and people had their own cars, it wouldn't be quite so bad. But uh, having to have cars there and unload them and load them up to the end of the day. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you, it was a long day. You get up early in the morning and you get down there, you unload, set up and do the school all day in the sun and stuff and the wind blowing. Oh and, my God. Yeah. And uh, we did it a lot of different tracks. I, you know, I started out, my first one was at Flemington and uh, I did it there for a few years and even some of the asphalt. And then uh, oh, I'm trying to think I did Bridgeport. I did uh, Susquehanna. I did uh Penn National, or no, maybe I didn't do Penn National. I did Susky and then uh, Bridgeport and Grandview. Egypt. We did Grandview. I I, I hit oh, the wall. Yeah, I hit the wall. Grandview. Right, Grandview. Yep. Grandview <laughs> was a big one. I think I mm-hmm. I did that almost every year once I started doing it and uh, and uh, yeah, we did a lot at Grandview. Now, it's it's you make a good point because it's something that we don't have to offer people like you want to go and start a career, you go to college. Well, if you want to start racing, where do you start? Right. Where do you start? So how did you really come up with the idea? I mean, in the eighties you were busy, you were winning a lot of races. So to, so to have the time to, to make that happen. Um, Mark Kenyon's the guy that talked me into doing it. And, uh, and, uh, and like I said, I, I did it in the spring and the fall there. And, uh, it wasn't too bad, but I mean, we were racing, like you said, we were racing a lot back then, and uh, it, it it takes up a lot of your times. But uh, it, it and I can see a lot of drivers needed help, you mm-hmm. know. And when you're at the track, you're racing; it's hard to just stop and take time and explain stuff to people. So I figured this is the best way to do it, and and uh, you know, we'd have seminars where we explain chassis setups and what to do, this, this, or that. Then when we got to the track, you apply that kind of stuff. So uh, I th- it, it it was big there for a while. I think I was like the first one to do it. And then everybody kind of jumped on the bandwagon, Brett Hearn, Bob McCready, mm-hmm. Kenny Tremont. And uh, then everybody kind of jumped off the bandwagon, and, you know, depending on how much work it was. And, yeah. and uh, um, I, I, I know I, I did it the longest and uh, of anybody and offered – cars and everything and even when i stopped doing it i had people for years afterwards call me to oh do i still it. get messages yeah <laughs> about a driving school and uh you know i mean like i said i enjoyed it. i really did i liked working with people trying to you know get them faster on the track and stuff and uh you know a lot of a lot of good people came out of the school that you know went on to do me good you know mm-hmm. i mean i had brett marks i had jessica zemkin or yeah. you know there was there was a lot of people that went through it that you know not that they're good drivers. They just, you know, you get a few tips. Every, every time you get a tip or an idea or something to make you go faster, it's worth it, you know. Even mm-hmm. if it's, my father said, you learn one thing a day, it's, it's something new, you know, that yeah. you, you got more in your, in, your, in your knowledge how to be fast at a racetrack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because a lot of people now, I mean, I don't, I know there's, uh, what is it, like, Kenny Schrader, I think, has a driving school. I don't know if that really applies they're, to us. They're more of a ride-along thrill yeah. deal, you know, mm-hmm. and we kind of did that, too, and we take so many people with our cars and put them in it. There were people that 
weren't sure if they wanted to do it or not. Yeah, and it's a good. Way that's to, what your cars were for. Yeah, that was what my cars were for. For people that you know wanted to race and, and didn't know much about it before they buy it, it's like try it before you buy. It, that's you smart. Know? So we mm-hmm. put people in there, and and a lot of them did go on to to race, and and some of them, as you can know, you helped with a lot of the driving schools. Some of them, I had them come every year. They were like regulars. Dedicated. They yeah, they regulars, loved it. They loved it. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, I had a handful of guys that every year they'd come and, uh, and, and, and run with us. Here we go again. Yeah. Uh, but, still uh, not trained yet. Yeah. So, for some reason, he's wet. <laughs> oh, boy. But, uh, you know, like I said, it, 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 it was neat, and I enjoyed it. But, like I said, it, I, I thought maybe when I retired, I'd, I'd do it, you know, keep doing it but I, I just got to a point where I wanted to slow down and mm-hmm. and you know I, I dropped the parts business I dropped tires I dropped uh, the driving school yeah you know I just went down to racing which uh, you know racing was my main thing I loved the That's most you, you know yeah. and so I, I kind of cut back to just doing the racing part of it and uh, you know a lot of times when they have rookies at, at Bridgeport I did it I did it in New Egypt I do rookie orientation, mm-hmm. like take them around the That's track, nice. explain stuff to them because guys don't know where to get on the track, get off the track, what to mm-hmm. do if you break. Don't stop in the middle of the track. Try to blend up to the top of the track. Whatever side of the track you're on, try to get to that side of the track and get stopped so you're not going to get run over by people behind you. And just basics, you know, trying to, you know, uh, put, instill it in their mind that when you're racing – some people have a tendency to focus on their front bumper instead of looking ahead. And the further you look ahead, I always tell them the more reaction time you have. The more mm-hmm. reaction time you have, the less you're in accidents. Yeah. Because you can see certain people look ahead because they're not in accidents that much. And other people, they're in accidents all the time. It's like they're looking at their front bumper and they're not looking Paying out. attention, yeah. And I always explain to them, the further you can see ahead, the more reaction time you have. The more reaction mm-hmm. time you have, the less you're going to be in accidents. And Unless you're in accidents, you just paid for this course. Yep. You know, if yeah. I can save you one crash, because crashes are expensive, mm-hmm. and uh, if I can keep you out of one crash, you paid for the course. Absolutely. So going off of that, I mean, I'm sure someone somewhere along the lines maybe have thought about it, but it kind of makes me think, like, as a sport as a whole, oh, boy, we're playing with light bulbs now. That's dangerous. I. <laughs> As a sport, like as a whole, we all want more people coming in, new people coming in. <clears throat> so I wonder, like, would tracks be open to having the idea of, like, you know, try before you buy? Has anyone done that? Well, um, New Egypt had a ride along. Remember that? Okay, yeah. That used to drive me nuts. <laughs> yes. Come on, get on the line. We're going to run your feature out. And we'd be sitting there in 100 yeah, degrees. Waiting. Wait, we're going to run the two-seater. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I hated that thing. Yeah. I, I was going to volunteer to drive it so I could just drive it all and finish it off because it wasn't a proper <laughs> thing to do in the middle of the night no. when people come to watch watch uh, watch it, watch it race, you know. They don't yeah. want to see people riding around in a two-seater. Mm-hmm. So uh, after the race or before the race, I got no problem, but... Yeah. I'm lined up in, in my car with my, all my suits and stuff on, and oh. it's hot, and they got to have a ride-along. It's like, that's no, not the time. But definitely not. It, it, was, it was something they tried, and it went for a while, and it you know kind of fizzled out. Mm-hmm. Two-seaters and stuff. I think, yeah, it was a two-seat uh, modified. Yeah. I and had a two-seat late model. Yeah. Okay, if anyone could see this dog right now, 
he's gonna hurt himself, but he'll he'll learn, right? Is that the deal? As long as he don't swallow lipo. <laughs> Yeah. So that's kind of what I was thinking, though, is we get messages like Mike, Billy, all of us get messages of, you know, people looking for advice and people. Oh, gosh. Hang on. Let me. Um, You're talking about people. Yeah. People. Billy and Mike about. Yeah. Like help and and guidance. And and as you like, we want them to succeed. We want them to do well. But like we have to worry about our own selves and our success. So it's, you know, who out there can do what you were doing and allow people to try it before they buy it or like at least get some advice. Cause I know, um, is it, I think Barron's or, um, is it Andy speed? Someone like New York, um, places they've been offering, um, like schoolings, no schoolings, like a day Uh, in the winter. Oh, uh, what do you call that? What's his name? Uh, I know setups and stuff T.O. does that, yeah. that Bernd mm-hmm. Heisel does that, which is yeah. good, you know, to get there, any tips you get. And they get guys with uh, in the industry come in. But I think Barron's does it too, right? Now he's just doing circles. I'm pretty sure Barron's does it, yeah. Do you see him doing circles right now? He's thinking about laying down. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. He's a race dog. He does circles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, yeah, so that's what I'm getting at is – if we want more people and we need to be able to offer something, um, yeah, what do you think? I mean, really, it, there's there's <laughs> there's a there's a, a position out there. Yeah, this this sport needs people to try to try to bring people in and teach mm-hmm. them and learn them and everything. And uh, it's something that you know, like I said, I just didn't. I, I just I enjoyed it, and I probably wouldn't mind doing it part-time or something mm-hmm. but uh i wouldn't want to be doing it full-time it's yeah. it's you know i'm past that i want to relax and mm-hmm. not not be obligated to be at a track and and teaching people all the time but so if anyone wants to rent billy pouch for the day <laughs> <laughs> may as well use you up yeah yeah, yeah right <laughs> well that's like when, when you i mean i i can see it right here is you you have this chalkboard with a racetrack on it and like when you had people come and it, like the seminars, right? What were the things that you would kind of coach them through? Um, basically we take them right from the pits out onto the track. You know, it, it all starts in the pits. You know, you get, you get in the car, you strap up your seat belts, your arm restraints. Now you got Hanses, your gloves, mm-hmm. all this stuff you got to put on and you get up in line and just for say somebody's working on it, I always tell them, you're sitting in line. There ain't nothing to do. Reach down. Make sure your fuel's on. That's number one. Somebody yep. may be working on a carburetor. He shut the fuel off. You'll get out there. You'll run out of gas. And mm-hmm. it's like you don't know, you know. Um, another thing is maybe you didn't strap your helmet or you ain't got your Hans hooked or something. There's so many things Safety. when you're sitting there. Uh, you could be doing. To, you, to make sure when you pull out on that track, you're ready. You know yep. you're ready. Uh, everything's tight and everything's right. The steering wheel's on. Sometimes you don't get the wheel popped on right, and you get out there and you, you know you get driving. Boom! The wheel pops off. It's Shit. like pretty scary. Yeah. I mean, back in the day before they had the spring-loaded steering wheels, we had a pin we'd have to put in. Mm-hmm. And I tell the guys, I said, you know, make sure your pin's in. You know, you're sitting there. I do it all the time. It's just I call it a nervous reaction. I sit in line. I make sure my my things on. I'm reaching down. Mm-hmm. Make sure the fuel's on. If I have a brake shut off, I, I clear it, you know, because sometimes if you don't turn your brake shut off, 
back on and clear the line sometimes it'll bypass and you'll 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 start locking up a right front brake mm-hmm. but basically right from there i i you know i get them to where they get out on the track they know where they're going to start they went and looked at the starting lineup okay i'm going to be eighth i'm behind so and so so you know i'm starting eighth you know the seven cars in front of you well one of them don't show up that means you're going to move up a spot mm-hmm. so you got to realize this because that's the easiest spots to pass is under caution when nobody's yeah. paying attention oh you just slide up yep and now they got radios. Oh, they yeah. got scanners. They tell mm-hmm. you what to do. They tell you to cross over, line up, whatever. It's it's pretty brain brainless. But uh, back in the day, they had chalkboards. They'd be pointing at you and hollering at you <laughs> to get where you're supposed to go. So it's a lot. It's 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 a lot easier with the scanners and them telling you what to do. Mm-hmm. But uh, get out on the track, get lined up, get ready for the start. You know, and watch the flagger. He gives you the white flag. That means next time around, you're gonna fire off. Yep. You'd be ready. You know. And uh, it, just things like that, what to expect on a restart, what people are going to do, try to put it in your mind, what's going to happen, and, and be ready for it, you know. Mm-hmm. And like I said, the biggest thing I, I try to preach to everybody is you always look at ahead, you know. It's your, it's your reaction time. Reaction time is everything in race. And when you don't have reaction time, you better not race because yeah. you're going to be in wrecks all the time, you know. Yeah. And, and, and trying to get drivers to be smooth, not whip right or whip left because when you quick turn right or left, you don't have blinkers and the guy behind you don't know what mm-hmm. he's what you're doing and he's coming up the outside and you whip quick, boom, he's in a wall. You could be in a wall. It usually yeah. take you around in a wall too. So it's always better if you're gonna you know you're gonna move up, kind of do it gradually. So you, if somebody's coming, they kind of it's sort of like putting a blinker on it. Yeah, this guy's mm-hmm. coming up and you get out of it. You know you don't when he whips up, boom, he hits you, and sends sends the other guy in the wall and it's like. There's a big fight, you know. Just things like that. Just trying to keep them out of trouble and 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 what to expect from all the years I did it and experience and stuff. And uh, you know, when the caution comes out, get single file, all that kind of stuff. You know, that's all yeah. kind of stuff we got to teach BP three because he's never yeah. raced, you know. And sit down, and explain it to him. And when you get out there. It's a whole different world. People don't realize when you're on a track, it's a whole different it world. It looks completely different. You know, it's completely it's, different. It's like <laughs> it's easy to drive from the stands. It's a whole different oh, world yeah. when you're on the track. And, and when you get going going around there, it's like people think they're going fast and, and shoom, somebody goes by. And it's like, wow, I thought <laughs> I was really going. You know, it's like, yeah. it's like the driving schools. I laugh. I never push people to, to go drive over their heads. You yeah. know, they come in. How do you look? I look, you look good. You're yep. on the line. You're doing what I tell you. Mm-hmm. It's up to you to progress from there. You know, mm-hmm. I said, you go out and you start at a slow pace. You progress, you progress, you progress, and pick your speed up. You don't go out there 100 mile an hour, run into the wall, fold the car up, and we're done for today. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of progress up to it, you know. I always, I always loved the people, even in the sprint cars, they'd roll in. And like even out on the track, you can hear them like yelling excitement. Yeah, they yeah. weren't, They weren't going fast, but they're like – through their helmets, they're just so freaking stoked. Is you know, and I I, I stand there and watch them, and uh, if I see they're getting a little high or something, I'll even bring them in, or I'll step out on the track and go like this and mm-hmm. try to pull them down so they get a lower line. So they got, I call it a buffer zone, where you got if you do screw up, you're not against the wall yeah. and you go into it. You got a little bit of buffer zone to get up there and collect the car up and get it turned and go mm-hmm. on, you know. And usually, I'm pretty good at watching people and i can tell when they're going to get themselves in trouble yeah. except for you and your brother 
I don't know. I hey, I heard BP three practice and went off the track last yeah, weekend. Yeah, so. well, first time. What are you gonna do? <laughs> I remember taking Billy to Syracuse the only year he ever went there, and he's out practicing, practicing, practicing. I'm like, I think I better bring him in. He's getting a little wobbly. And At Syracuse. I, Syracuse, yeah, oh he ran the sportsman there. Yeah, and damn, if the caution didn't come out, I said, "Man, I bet that's him." <laughs> he spun out, coming out too, and crashed. Yep. You know, it's just I was just that short of pulling him off before he did it. You know, and you mean that's like me when I hit the wall at Grandview? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You just you got to know when you see people start to get I call it getting in over their head in the yeah. water. Mm-hmm. You got to pull them back, reel them back in, and 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 try to level them out and say, "Hey, look, you need to be in this part of the track, not out that part of the track." And Roll out of the throttle here, and get on the brakes there, and 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 you know that that's a lot of stuff. It takes years to learn, mm-hmm. you know. And some people are naturals at it; they can get in anything and go fast and not crash. But some people, it, it takes longer. It's like it's like Billy; he was a little bit later of a bloomer than I was. Mm-hmm. I jumped in, boom, and yeah. I always kind of figure things out a little quick quicker when I go to a new track or a new surface or something. I'm usually a little better than a lot of people because they can figure it out quicker. Yeah. And I th- this totally reminds me when you said BP3 because Billy was asking, and that's it's free game. Okay. He Whatever he's chewing on, just let him do it. <laughs> he's content. Um, <laughs> Billy was asking if we still had the chalkboard for BP3. Yeah. And I was like, that would be brilliant because yeah. he's getting the laps, but he's not out there with other cars. You know, he's just – Driving in circles. Does right, he know right. what he's really doing? He's only seven years yeah. old. And expansion, expansion His brain. is small, you know, mm-hmm. their attention span there. And, uh, but he's pretty sharp. He picks up stuff. I'd notice when we're somewhere and he'll be with me and I'm talking to somebody. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, or I tell him something. And I don't think he's paying attention. But he gets back and he tells his father everything I said <laughs> word for word. And it's like, yeah. wow, I didn't think he really paid mm-hmm. attention. So... I think that way he's going to be pretty sharp, you know, yeah. as far as he's, he's mechanically getting there. We let him do stuff, do the air and it, measure the tires and all that. And, you know, he's going to learn, you know, I mean, that's what it's all about. Yeah. And it's the, I, I really like the, I feel that's kind of what you did. You did it with me too, is, you know, you basically were like, I, I don't know how you were there, how it was in your brain, but when I was in high school, you had me run powder puff, you know, I'd bring my own car. I forget like what was it like the rocker stuck when I was practicing it in the in the the back oh, track. The yeah, yeah, in the field and I had to freaking fix it and oh my god. But you basically were like, You need to try it, otherwise you won't know. Yeah. You know, and, and so for BP three, like Billy, he doesn't want to really put the pressure on him. Like he he's still a kid. Have yeah, fun he's with still it. Kid. He needs a you know my opinion is they start kids a little too early in racing, you know, but especially with the bigger cars. These are yeah. and actually a slingshot's a pretty big car for a little kid. <laughs> for mean, him, he's full, a full size people drive them things, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So I guess one of my questions going through all this, I've always wanted to know, and I don't think I've ever asked you. So like, you know, you you start a feature, start a heat race, whatever. You know, you're on the inside and you go up to the outside, you pass all these cars, caution comes out. How do you know to make the same move or not? 
Usually that don't happen twice because people see what you did and they'll yeah. block you. You showed your hand, right? You showed your hand, but then on the other hand, they don't think. On the other hand, they may not think you're going to do it twice the same way. It's such a head game. That's it's always boggled my mind. It's like, how do you know what to do? Mm-hmm. How do you decide? It's it's just an instinct, you know. I mean, I've I've had that happen at Grandview where. It was a restart, and I, I went from, like, fifth to first. Boom, the cars coming out. Oh, no, no. That ain't going to happen again. And damn if I don't do the same exact thing the same way, and I got the first, and the caution didn't come out, and I won. Yeah. Know? Yeah, I guess I guess it's kind of like a toss-up. It could work, could not work. But, uh-huh. okay, so I guess maybe we'll – one more question, unless you come up with anything else, is, you know, how can someone new in racing um, – tell when their car isn't properly set up right i mean other than like you're hitting the wall you're bouncing all over the place like um basically um yeah i mean if you're you're just sliding all over the place and and you're in trouble bouncing off other cars and uh are we all right are we comfortable are we all right how's you should that, see how this guy that sits is that better you good now smile for the camera <laughs> um Usually, if you're in trouble out there, somebody will tell you. <laughs> you yeah. You know, it's like <laughs> black flag. You need to do something with your car. And mm-hmm. A lot of times, people, people, you know, I I try to help them. They're so they're so far out mm-hmm. left field that, you know, they're they're gonna crash me or somebody else or hurt yourself, mm-hmm. You know, and uh, <laughs> you know, you asked me the 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 best way to learn. It's get with a team, and, and, and if you're going to race, it's been a, a year or two or maybe more with a team to see how it's run, how it's done, how you get there, unload, and set the cars like up. Like, not as a racer, but... No, as a crew member. Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? Start I, somewhere. You got to start somewhere, mm-hmm. and means there's no school for racing around here anymore, I would say that's probably one of the best things you can do is, is just get with somebody... And spend some time with them to learn all the fundamentals of, mm-hmm. you know, stagger and tires, prep, and all that kind of stuff, what you need to do. Yeah. Set up, just, you know, pay attention to it. And, you know, you get around with somebody and uh, learn all this stuff, you know, yeah. if, if you're really serious about racing. You know, I mean, Billy started so young with me, he started racing when he was nine. So he, he, uh, he, he just kind of did his own thing. He didn't really go with me that much. And he'd go now and then, but. It wasn't like, you know, he. I helped my father for a couple of years before I raced. You know, mm-hmm. when I was young, before I raced, I worked on his cars and went to the races with him. And a lot of times it'd be just me and him. And we, I remember one time we left the farm. We drove the five-mile point for a big race there and missed it by one. And we, we drove to Middletown the next day for the Eastern States 200 and missed it by oh, no. one. You know, so it was pretty disheartening. But it was a good learning experience. Mm-hmm. And I had a good time and... uh you know, it, it was neat, and that's how you kind of learn. I mean, if you really want to do it, that's how you learn. You know, you get around people that know something, and, and you try to, you know, try to take in what you can take in and, and learn so when you do it, you have an idea what's happening. That makes perfect sense. It's like having an internship, right, an intern, right. or you being with, as the driver, when you become a driver, mm-hmm. being with different teams, seeing how they function, and, and taking the bits and pieces. Like, that's how I've ended up where I am now, is I've worked with different companies, different series, you know, different owners and teams, and I, you just mesh them together to find what's the most efficient way right, and successful way. Mm-hmm. That makes the most sense. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, you, like I always say, you get get around good people, you learn good habits. You get around bad people, you learn yeah. bad habits. And yeah. That's just the way life is in the, in the world, you know. And uh, that's how you, you learn, you know. You try to get around good people. And it's the same thing when you have a race team. You try to get good people around you yeah. to make you look good, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Dad, thank you so much. This was very insightful. I enjoy, I enjoyed this. I mean, I enjoy every time you come on. Promise, love you. But if you guys enjoyed this, make sure to screenshot it, share it, tag us on social media, comment below the next topic we should have him on. What 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 should he cover? I had him I had him sit down and I was like, Dad, what do you want to talk about? He's like, I don't know, you don't have anything planned. <laughs> so he's it's usually nice when somebody tells you, Oh, we're gonna talk about this. Yeah. So you can think about it for a day or two. It's like she just winged it. I sit down and it's like, what are we talking about? No you idea. nailed it. You nailed it. It was great. I'll, I'll prep him for further notice. So you guys comment, let us know what kind of topics, what questions you guys have. Maybe you're, yes. I didn't tell you about the most famous person that took my driving school, did I? It wasn't me. So who was no. it? <laughs> Bill Elliott. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Because that's when. Um, Ray Everham. Ray had the whole day. I, yeah. He actually, it wasn't really a driving school. It was, they came up and Ray rented rented my school for the day. Mm-hmm. And I think it was Bill Elliott, Jerry Mayfield, and there was a third guy there. It was all race drivers. Yeah, at the time, yeah. Yeah, and, and That's they pretty came cool. out, and Ray even drove too, and uh, we, we had a good time. That was a good time that day. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, Bill Elliott, he, I remember the first time he went out in the sprint car, and I had, I had like a rev chip, so it doesn't rev real high. Yeah. And uh, it was starting to break up. I said, whoa, 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 stop. And I reached under a hood and pulled the rev chip. I said, you can go fast now. <laughs> That's pretty cool. It, it was neat. That was, I, I always, I got pictures of it. It was mm-hmm. a good time, you know. Yeah, you got to, that's one of the many things you taught me is, you know, we do this for a living, but you have to have fun doing it. Yep. You yep. really have to have fun, and, and making the impact on others is everything. It's, you know, it's it's nothing better than having a job that you enjoy. Yeah. You know? Amen. It shows some reward, you know. Absolutely. Well, Dad, thank you again for joining us. We will have you back on again soon, I'm sure. Open house, I'll mark you on the calendar. Yes, um, July 23rd, 12 to 4 (laughs) o'clock is our open house. Um, I actually created um, a Facebook event. If you follow us on Dirt Trek Untold Facebook, I created an event. So feel free to go over there, follow it, show that you're interested, whatever floats your fancy. And um, we'll be sharing. We're in the works with um, whoever we're going to be donating our stuff to. We usually do a a benefit to benefit hurt drivers. And the last one we did, we did the Kingwood Rescue Squad. Yes. This one, we're going to do Shriners Hospitals. Mm -hmm. Uh, I got in touch with Jim Potts. He's a Shriner. And I never, I always wanted to do something with them. And, uh. And Jim's involved with it, so he's going to be up here. And whatever we donate on panels or something, whatever we bring in, yeah, basically what it, is what yeah, we donate. We, we just give it to the to Shriners, and mm-hmm. like I said, we we turn around, we try to have free food and drinks yep. for everybody to show up, just to show our appreciation for you guys coming to the track and watching us and buying our apparel. Mm-hmm. You know? We're, it's basically um, it's like a carnival, but without the rides. That's it. We got a lot of stuff to look at. Yep. A lot of people to see and talk to and sign autographs. And uh, it's a fun it's time. It's pretty neat. We have the trophy room open. I have, you know, the whole shop's open. 
you know, now Mike's Mike's in here, Billy's in the back, mm-hmm. I'm in the front. You got BP3. BP3. You know, all my cars are gone except for a speedster, so that's, that. well, my old cars. I got my old car yeah. in there, so yeah. I got a couple old cars I kept, and uh, we have the pole barn with suits and Got some new stuff and, coming, too. Yeah, we have, we'll have some new stuff. We'll have the sprint car here and the L car, and, you know, I'm trying to think. We'll come up with something new. Yeah. So definitely um, follow the event on Facebook. So that way you are up to date on all the new stuff brewing for it. But without further ado, thank you again, Dad and everyone else. We will catch you next time, next week, same time, same place. And hopefully, if not, we will see you all at the races. Thanks, Dad. Thank you.